You have made it. We're glad that you're here today. You have arrived. We appreciate you being here. It's a wonderful sunny day. You may have lost an hour last night, but we're glad that you're here. And it is our purpose as we come. Our worship service is designed first and foremost to bring glory to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But in particular, we hope today it will liven up your spirit as it already does. Thank you so much to our praise band. In fact, would you applaud how the Lord has used our praise band today? Thank you so much for leading us in worship. Would you find in your Bibles Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. We'll be reading verses 1 through 11, new series today going through Joshua. So we're going to begin at the beginning. We are also in full preparation mode. We are preparing for Easter Sunday. April the 4th is Easter Sunday. We're looking forward to a big day. Hey, normally we've had the last few Easter Sundays that we have worshipped together. The last one we did was only live stream, but uh, it was uh, we had over 600, so we're looking for... We're preparing physically for that. We're having a work day this Saturday, getting things spruced up, and then we're having a third service. We'll have our two regular services, and we're having a third service that will be similar in nature and message, but uh, it is going to be at 626 in the morning, be at sunrise. It's not the, we're not the first one to have a sunrise service, but it will be it will be one of the first times I will tell you that if you come to the sunrise service, don't plan on coming back because we may not have a seat, unless you want to come and greet and stand. Otherwise, we plan to fill up our services and hope that Easter Sunday will be like we think of in previous people are looking for a place to sit, and we're going to have you... We might make an option of how close you are at that time. We'll let you know at that time, but we'll be ready for that. Other things we're doing for preparation spiritually. Uh, one of the things is on Wednesday night, starting this Wednesday night, along with our ladies' Bible study and men's Bible study. We're going to have a Bible study here at 615, and uh, it's going to be called All About Easter. One of uh, J.D. Greer, who is the president of the Baptist Convention, pastor of Summit Church, that uh, it's one of his studies, so we'll come and a little video discussion, worship take place, but we encourage you to come. If, uh, if you've not been a part of Wednesday night in a while, some of you are coming back for the first time on Sundays, we realize, but Wednesday night we'll have plenty of room, stretch out maybe here in the sanctuary, encourage you to be a part of that as well. And even what we're doing here over the next few weeks, and we'll go through Easter and even after Easter, uh, is uh, as we look at the Old Testament book of Joshua, it's going to be a preparation time as well. Hopefully you'll see how we use this Old Testament book, and it points to Jesus as well. So for this morning, we are in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And this now is the Word of God. Read along with me as I read God's Word. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5 reads, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that the Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then... You'll make your way prosperous, then you'll have good success. 
Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For your Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Verse 10. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare, prepare your provisions for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that your Lord, your God, is giving you to possess. May the Lord bless the reading of His Holy Word today. It is a new series that we're beginning today called Moving Forward. It's about time. I probably would have put an exclamation point on it for right now to say, it's about time. We're going to be moving forward, if not already, very soon. And I mean that just not in a physical realm, but also in a spiritual realm, moving forward and walking with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we do this in the onset of this particular sermon series, I want to give you a big picture and then a bigger picture, if it's okay. The big picture is this, is that we have Joshua, who's about to walk and take the Israelites over into the promised land. You remember the Israelites that... Boy, 400 years in slavery, 40 years in the wilderness, not able to go into the promised land because of their uh, disobedience and lack of faith that they had. 400 years and 40 years. You thought one year of COVID was a long time, but a long time they've been waiting. And now Joshua and the Israelites, they are poised on the east side of the Jordan River, ready to go into the promised land to do what they had not done before, but to be able to go in so that they might be able to Go into that promised land. You remember it's called the land that's flowing with milk and honey. The word land is going to be used many times in the book of Joshua. They're possessing this land. But we understand and we know that it is even more than that because the land that they're going to possess, it is, it is a dramatic unfolding on a world stage of what God is going to do. God loves the Israelites. He wants the best for them. But it's a lot bigger than this generation because what's going to take place? Well... The Israelites of the Old Testament, they were to be a light to the nations, light to the world about God. But also, this was going to be the very place in the land of Judea in which Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, in which there he would live amongst them, the one who is God in the flesh, and he would die on the cross in Jerusalem and rise again. The purpose of the resurrection, the purpose of the reason we celebrate Easter, all this is going to take place. This is what God is preparing for now. You and I are going to understand. We're going to learn many lessons just as God taught the Israelites many lessons about himself. I invite you to come along with us as we walk with Joshua and the Israelites into the promised land, battles to be fought. Not all of them are going to be won. Not all going to be won quickly, but we're going to come. Victory is going to be assured in Christ. And in the same way as we walk along, we're going to find out as we move forward, well, there's going to be battles to be fought. Victory is going to be assured in Christ, but... As we move forward, we know that He's going to continue to be with us. He's going to walk with us along the way. And we invite you to come and to be able to experience our, because chances are you're in the midst of a battle right now of some kind. All of us are, you know, worldwide, pandemic, you know, what's things happening in our country and around the world today, chances you are personally. And we invite you to be able to move forward and see the victory that you can have also with the Lord Jesus. Are you ready to kind of move along and to move forward with that? Physically, but not just physically. Our God is the God of new beginnings. Spiritually as well. That's the big picture. Can I give you a big picture? What's today? March 14, 2021. I'm going to call this relaunch day. You know, we've probably got a lot of people traveling, we understand. It, it has happened over the past few months. When the, le the less we have in the sanctuary, the more we have online watching. So that's probably watching day. We welcome those who are live streaming as well. This is relaunch day because it's been 52 weeks 
since we have been in the pandemic. And it, certainly it is time for us to be able to move forward. So we're, we're glad we serve the, that God of new beginnings prior to 2020. We spent many times uh, talking about different passages in Genesis. We've talked in the past about creation and Adam and Eve and talked about Noah and Abraham, Jacob and Isaac. And we, in 2018, there was a series that we looked at uh, as far as Joseph. In the year 2020, COVID year, we spent many weeks, even months even, looking at the life of Moses and we talked about the Exodus and the Israelites coming out of the of slavery. Some of us probably felt like we maybe were in some kind of bondage while we uh, during these past year. But what we've discovered was that in Christ we are indeed uh, free in Christ and we are not held in bondage but we continue to be free in Christ no matter what the circumstances. So we've talked about that as far as Exodus. So we're beginning in Joshua today. It is my intention, hopefully under the Holy Spirit's leadership, that we continue on in this vein, to continue on in the Old Testament and the New Testament. We'll come back from time to time, talk about both Old Testament and New Testament, different series, but it is my intention that after we finish Joshua, then our next sites will be on the period of the Judges and then the Kings. We'll talk about the exile. We'll talk about uh, the major prophets and the minor prophets. We'll go through at least one of the Gospels that tells us about the life of Christ. Remember, this is the bigger picture. We're going to go through the acts of the first century church and look at some of, some of Paul's letters that he sent as well as the other apostles. And if the Lord tarries and if the Holy Spirit continues to lead and if I'm still your pastor in the year 2030, I'll be preaching from the book of Revelation, and I invite you to come along with me, and I will meet you there over the next 10 years. Now, that's a bigger picture, isn't it? Now, if that just excites you right down to the bones, and you're just ready for it, great. If it doesn't excite you, and you're just a little bit hesitant on how this really is going to work over these next few years and over this decade, well, just remember this, that every time we come together, we're going to open God's Word. It's going to, we're going to learn what it tells us about the Lord Jesus and how we can grow in Him. Listen, there's no way in the next 10 years we're going to look at every chapter and every verse and even every book and be able to make it to Revelation by 2030. But as we do this, just consider that if we commit ourselves certainly to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to knowing more about His Word, we'll not only know more, but we'll look a lot more like Jesus. We will be open and we'll be able to be a part of the opportunities that God is wanting to accomplish in His world in the next 10 years. And hopefully that can be exciting. But So I, I invite you to get on the bus. Come along with us. But I've got to tell you, you're going to be asked to do more than just sit. We're going to be asked to serve. You're going to be asked more than just to listen. But we're going to encourage you to love God and love people, all people. We're going to encourage you more than just come along, but to keep the faith and continue to move forward in Jesus. Which brings us to the passage for today. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. Did you notice the very first five verses? Joshua takes on a new leadership position. The very first five verses in this book is not like other books. It said, now after the death of Moses. Now, we often keep track of time. Now we'll always keep track of time of pre-post-COVID probably. But we often keep track of time in the year such and such. Do you remember when you were this year old or, you know... Oftentimes in the Near East, and particularly in the Bible, they would keep track of time of when somebody significant died or when somebody significant was born. If you look at many of the books in the Bible, they begin with the death or the birth of someone. Now, after the death of Moses, it's going to be a pretty significant time because here we have Joshua 
who was coming in to be a new leader of the people. And last chapter of Deuteronomy 34 said the Israelites mourned for 30 days after the death of Moses. And now we have that God speaks to Joshua. It says now that Moses is dead. Now, I know Joshua, but can we just imagine what it might be like if you were Joshua having to fill the shoes, excuse me, the sandals of Moses. Those sandals must have been pretty big in order to be. Do you think Joshua might have been a little bit anxious about this? Oh, not Joshua. Yeah, I think he was probably a little bit nervous, if not scared, out of his ever-loving mind. Not only because anybody would be, but because of how many times did you notice, just in the part of the chapter that we read, it says again and again, be strong and courageous. As a matter of fact, it's the theme of this chapter. It's encouragement throughout the book to be strong and courageous. But Joshua was the man for the job. He'd been a military leader, trained, chosen for this purpose, ready for the battles ahead. He served Moses. Moses had served God, and thus he was serving God. So here's what we're going to do just in these next few minutes that we have today. We're going to learn how Joshua and the Israelites moved forward and with courage into the promised land. We're going to make application to the church. We're going to make application particularly to this church, Parkway Baptist Church, and make application for your journey and mine, your journey and mine. So I'm calling this God's battle plan for the future, God's battle plan for moving ahead. I couldn't decide, or God's game plan, because we're in the middle of March Madness, and some of you are going to watch basketball sometime later today, perhaps, or this week. So either game plan or battle plan would be either one. But here's what we first of all find out about the game plan. You need to face the present. We learned from Joshua. You need to face the present with the future in mind. Whatever challenges or battles you're facing right now in your life, it will and it will always be followers of the living God will face whatever you're doing now with the future in mind. Because whatever you're going through, whatever we've gone through in the last year, is not as relevant is what's going to happen in the future for those who are believers in Jesus. In other words, that's always got to be more important. If what you're facing now becomes more important than what you know is going to take place to be walking with Jesus, even a future home in heaven, then we're in trouble. I mean, we're always going to be. It's going to, it's going to be big. It's, not going to, it's going to be something we cannot overcome. It's going to be a hurdle we cannot cross until we know that what the Lord has in store is bigger. The Lord tells Joshua... Victory's already won. These things are coming to pass as if they have already taken place. So Joshua 1 is kind of God's pre-game or pre-battle encouragement speech, kind of like a coach would seek to get the team ready, although it's different. Now, if you were affected by a natural disaster, if you were affected by something that would happen that would be unbeknownst to you, maybe out in the wild, maybe got lost in the wild. But if you were even by perhaps a nuclear disaster, would you know what to do? Uh, if you were bit by a snake in the forest, in the woods somewhere, would you know what to do? If you had to hunt for a wild game and you didn't bring your bow or your gun, would you, would you know how to do it? If you were affected by any of these things, whether it be an avalanche, a tornado, a hurricane, any of these things, would you know what to do? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. If you're affected by these, there's been one that's been... Now there's an iPhone app that you can look up that was of some British uh, 
secret service officer, he'd come in, he wrote a book by it, they made an app for it. So if you're in any of these situations, all you got to do is look at that app. Here's my thinking, though, if you can, if you got an app, you could probably call somebody for help. I just, that's just what I thought of when I heard that that was possible. Well, how about this? How about all those difficult situations you may be facing today or in your near future, which may test your faith or cause you to stumble? There's a Christ for that. He knows what you're going through. He knows better than you do what you're facing. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what's happening in the world. He knows what's happening today. He knows what's happening in the future. So we know that we can call upon Him. Do you know that, uh, do you know that on Amazon, they have said that there's one particular, in the last 10 years, there's one particular highlighted sentence that's been highlighted twice as much as any other highlight. It comes from the second book of the uh, uh, Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Fire Catching, or something like that. Put that up, sentence up there if we've got that. This highlighted more than any other uh, on Kindle because sometimes things happen to people and they're not equipped to deal with them. Well, that's a sobering thought that people would, that would catch people's attention enough to highlight. I think it's also a scary thought that Amazon knows exactly what you're highlighting, but, but, but there it is. Well, we do know we come to places, we have those things which we do not know how to deal with and that we need help. But anything that is not of truth or anything that is not of God, we know that it falls short of what is needed. We need that which is based on truth, based on God's Word. The hope for the future is not based on something that is fake or even merely optimistic, but it's based on fact, which is assured. Back to Joshua. Three challenges that Joshua were facing we found in this chapter. Three, these three things. We're also going to call them assurances because he said challenges, but they were assured. Lead the people, defeat the enemy, claim the inheritance. Lead the people into the promised land. Moses had been unable to do that for 40 years because of their sin of lack of faith, and now Joshua was to lead these sons and daughters of slaves into a holy war in taking over the promised land. But that was Joshua's assignment. All right, defeat the enemy who will be in the land. Do you remember the spies of some 40, really probably 38 years before who had come to the place called Kadesh Barnea and they had come and they had uh, seen that there were strong cities. They had seen that they were men like giants and they were like grasshoppers. So they had decided not to go forward. Ten out of the 12 spies said we're not going forward. People voted not to go. They said we were... It was a, it's going to be a big task. Enemies are real. And then claimed the inheritance of the land promised to Abraham and divided them among the people. In fact, much of the book of Joshua is what land goes to watch people, to which people. So if you wanted the cliff notes or the spark notes, what's it called today? The spark notes, I guess, or the summary of Joshua, it would be this. It would be they led the, lead the people to defeat the enemy, claim the inheritance. That's kind of the overview of what's happening. It's a pretty big challenge for this new leader of, this, of the Israelites. But maybe like you've heard it from Rick Warren or Max Licato, and hopefully from this pulpit, you know it's not all about me. It's not all about you or anyone else. But it's all about who God is. Just as he assured Moses, so he assures Joshua and the Israelite people, it's a done deal. He didn't say it was going to be easy. But the future is secure. God told Joshua, You'll go into the land that I promised. You'll defeat the enemy. You'll dwell there as the people of God. This was no mere pep talk. It was a sure thing. 
Didn't give explanations in this chapter of how it was all going to be taking place, which reminds us that we are to live on the promises of God and not necessarily on explanations. How about the challenges you face? Whatever, whatever things you're facing today, you're to face the present with the future in mind. He's not promised there'll be no battles to fight. In fact, Jesus told us just the opposite. But because of the resurrection of Christ, we already know the outcome. Victory is found in Jesus. Our hope is found in the assurance of God's promises solidified in the risen Lord. Let's peek into the future for just a moment. 24 chapters, a little bit of an overview. By the way, these things that we're looking at, particularly as we talk about these things as part of the battle plan, that are mentioned in chapter 1, they're going, to be, they're going to be drawn out in more detail for us to be able to follow in the coming days. But just a, 24 chapters in the book of Joshua. Well, in Joshua 21 and verse 45, we've got that, I think, on your screen. No, not one word of all the good promise that the Lord has made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. By the way, that's a, that's a promise to each one of us as well. Not one word of all of God's promises will fail. They'll all come to pass. So we're to face... Parkway Baptist Church, Christ followers, we're to face today's challenges, keeping the big picture in mind. But also part of the battle plan is find strength and courage from the presence of God. Find strength and courage from God's presence. It, it's repeated at least four times in this chapter. Verse 6, God told Joshua, be strong and courageous as you lead the people. Then again in verse 7, be strong and courageous as you obey my instructions. Then again in verse 9, be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened. Don't be discouraged. And then we didn't read verse 18, but look at the very last verse in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 18. And there Joshua is talking to some of the tribes that are going to come with him. They've been on the east side, but they're going to come on the west side of the Jordan and help them with the battle plan. And, you know, reason the Lord told him to be strong and courageous because he knew his heart. He knew he needed this. Joshua must not have had much of a poker face because as the people look at Joshua, we're going to follow you. We're going to cut off everybody that doesn't follow you, Joshua. And then the people tell Joshua, well, you need to be strong and courageous as well. Many fall by the wayside in their walk with the Lord, still Christians, but remain babes in Christ and fail to follow God's purpose because they lack strength and courage to cross over. Promised land can be defined as genuine living and lasting peace. We find it grow by growing in Christ and fulfilling our purpose, serving Him in kingdom work. The difference between Christians who are taking the steps of courage and those who do not can be defined in this story. In Numbers chapters 13 and 14, there was the story about, we, again, we already talked about the spies, who 12 spies were sent in. They saw the fruit of the land, the, the great land, wonderful fruit, but the Cities are too fortified, people are too big, and they voted not to go. All but Joshua and Caleb, and they, and they died in the wilderness because of it. Forty years they had lived camping out in the wilderness. In fact, Numbers 13 and 31, the Israelite said 40 years earlier, for we cannot go up against the people because they are stronger than we are. But here in Joshua 1, three different sections of this chapter. God speaks to Joshua. Joshua speaks to the officers, leaders of the people, and then he speaks to the Israelites themselves. In verse 16, Joshua 1:16, they answered Joshua, everything that you've commanded us we will do, and everywhere you send us we will go. What a contrast. Keep in mind, every adult in the first group died in the wilderness over a 40-year period except Joshua and Caleb. Which group best represents you? 
Which group would you like to be in? The one that stays in the wilderness? Kind of wandering is the word? Wandering spiritually? And, or would you want to be with the group that goes forward with Christ? It's, it's my hope that as a part of our worship today, that even as not only today but the next few weeks, that you at least come to the place that you want to be part of the group and participating in what God is doing that says, let's go, whatever God says we will do. It, it's a new day. Hold you a new generation of people. There's only one way to go. They knew they couldn't stay where you are. They've been in the wilderness living. Listen, camping can be fun, but tent living and digging latrines gets old after 40 years. You, you already know that you can't stand still in Christ. The moment that you find a comfortable place, you think this is a comfortable place for me to be spiritually it's the moment that you're going to be moving backwards. Some of you know that. You've wandered in the wilderness long enough. Some for more than 40 years. I used to think 40 years was really a long time. Well, it's long enough to know that you don't want to wander in a spiritual wilderness anymore, but you want to taste what it's like to live the genuine life and lasting peace that comes from experiencing constantly the presence of Jesus. One of the reasons that Joshua, the great military leader, needed strength and courage, because there were going to be the enemies that they would face physically and spiritually. Now, we're going to talk more about this in the days to come. The enemies that Joshua faced were flesh and blood. But on this side of the cross, and we'll talk more about how we can understand this Old Testament passage about the battles that took place, but for now we need to know that our enemies are not flesh and blood. Three enemies that we face, you've got your notes there with you, it's sin, Satan, sin, and death. Satan. The Bible tells us he prowls like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is a formidable foe for us, but not for God. Sin, God is a holy God. He can't overlook sin. Sin must be defeated. It's often that which keeps us losing the battles and fulfilling God's purpose have for us, hanging on to sin. Death, it's Satan's final tool of fear and the unknown keeps many people trembling and afraid even in a cowering in a place that they're not able to move forward. It may be that many this year, maybe even many believers this year, have had so much fear of death, more so than they feared God, so they could not go forward spiritually. And perhaps it took a COVID pandemic to be able to realize even what was most important. But we know that the Lord has defeated Satan, sin, and death. For believers, but death is the final blow to unbelievers that separates them from an almighty God forever. But thanks be to God, we too can be strong and courageous and claim the promise of verse 5 that no enemy will be able to stand up against us all the days of our life. Not Satan, he is no match for our God. Greater is he that is in me, meaning the Lord Jesus, than he that is in the world. He was defeated on that resurrection Sunday morning. We know Satan is an enemy. But our sins have been washed away. They've been separated from us as far as the east is from the west. Sin has no more control over us unless we let it. This generation of the Israelites say, we don't have to live like slaves anymore. We'll go forward. Freedom in Christ means we no longer have to live as slaves to sin. How about that enemy death? Well, speaking of Revelation in 2030, but the second church, the church of Smyrna, Bible says, he who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. We know and believe these things. But there's something else we must know and experience. Just verse 5, Joshua 1, 5, the Lord said, Just as I was with Moses, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said the same to us. 
as believers. He said to many people in the Old Testament, said, I will be with you and not leave you. We find, but we know that at the very first chapter in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. The last chapter of that same gospel ends with, Lo, I'll be with you always. The writer of the book of Hebrews, he quoted this verse in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5 when he said, For he himself, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We just read it. So we may say boldly, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Whatever you're facing today, you can face it with strength and courage because the Lord is with you. But also, part of the game plan. Faithfully obey God's word. In three days, you'll cross over to the Jordan. You need to make preparations. Why three days? Well, I mean, there were some physical preparations, I guess, needed to be made, but these folks were used to traveling. So that probably was not a plan. So there were some spiritual preparations to be made here. Do you know that Moses kept a written record of all the things that happened to the Israelites and you know, wrote down Ten Commandments, a bunch of songs that were said, Moses wrote down, wrote down a bunch of things that happened and all the regulations and even the rituals, the things, sacrifices they were supposed to make. Joshua calls it the book of the law. You know what we call it? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. For the priest to carry it in a prominent place was not enough. For them to be sure that they held it and went forward with it, it was not enough. What was Joshua told to do with it? He was told to meditate on God's Word. We talked about that in worship here. The word meditate actually does mean to mutter. So maybe it means you need to say something and repeat God's Word and sometimes say it aloud and be sure to study on God's Word. I'm sure you've heard me say what I've heard before that if you don't talk to God's Word, it's not likely to talk to you. If you don't talk to your Bible, your Bible's probably not going to talk to you. We need to ask these three things about every passage. We're going to be doing that here in the coming days. What did it mean to the first ones to ever hear it? How is it relevant to the world today? And what is the clear message? What does this passage say to me personally? And is there a lesson? What did it mean? How is it relevant? And what is the clear message? Of course, when I say you need to talk to your Bible, you really need to talk to God and ask God to talk to you about applying His Word. Joshua was told to be in the Word day and night. I'm sure that he was already in the Word, don't you think? So maybe this was an extra dose that was needed of God's Word to face the challenges ahead. God's plan for you to be able to move forward, we will not be able to move forward unless this is done. God's plan is for you to be even more in God's Word and even more times in prayer. Some of you maybe get a, you got an app, maybe it gives you a verse a day or verse comes, somebody sends you a text or you get emails or something like that that you have every day and those are good. Or maybe you got a devotional book, it's got like half a page of devotional and I encourage those, those are wonderful things. But I want to tell you, church, how important this is, that if we're going to be able to move forward then we probably need to have an extra dose of God's Word for us to be ready to be moved forward today. Listen, have you ever sat on an airplane next to the emergency door about halfway or maybe near it? Usually a flight attendant will come up and say, whoever's sitting next to the door, say, there's a card in there that tells you how to open that door should there be an emergency. I need a verbal yes if you've read that card. Everybody always says yes, even if they read it or not. Yeah, I mean, what's the chances you're going to have to open the door? One particular 
flight attendant came up and said, it could be that I and dozens of others, our very lives are in your hands as to whether you can open this door or not. And she turns and walked away. And when she did, every one of them next to the door picked up the card and started reading it. Why do you think that is? Well, she had their attention. Do you think God has Joshua's attention? How many times have you come to church and you've heard me or somebody say, you know, you need to read your Bible. You need to read your Bible. Well, you, need to, you need to pray. 52 weeks of pandemic. Racial, social, and political unrest. More natural disasters maybe than we've seen in a long time, not to mention whatever you've gone through in the last 52 weeks. Surely the Lord's got your attention. God's plan of planning for your life in this church fails without it. Dozens of others and maybe many more might depend upon you and I reading and following God's instructions. So let's be careful, as verse 7 says, not turning to the right or the left, or the last part of verse 8 where it says, then we will, and only then will we succeed. God's battle plans face the present with the future in mind. Find strength and courage from God's presence and faithfully obey God's word. And follow leaders who are servants of God. Here was Joshua, called in verse 1, Moses' assistant. One of the spies 40 years early. One of the only two who voted to take possession of the land God promised. A soldier who had already led a military conquest. Now he's the leader of God's army in the whole nation of Israel. We see proved in Joshua something that's found in through the Bible that the first shall be last and that those who, obey be, those who lead must first be your servants. Greatest description of Moses ever anywhere is found in the first verse that we read in Joshua 1.1. Uh, may it be said of us one day, he was a servant of God. Yes, we need to look and follow leaders who are first of all servants and of the Lord and willing servants of the people, there's another lesson that Joshua teaches. For every passage in the Bible points to Jesus. We cannot read Joshua without thinking and understanding that Joshua is the Hebrew name for the word Jesus. Joshua is not Jesus, but he illustrates and he'll point to the Jesus of the New Testament. And what were the challenges facing Joshua? Leading the people to the promised land. We said them a moment ago. You may have them in your notes. It was this, leading the people to the promised land. Defeat the enemies, claim the inheritance. These are also the blessings of all of God's people, of all believers, Christ's followers. What did Jesus do for you? He gives you eternal life. He's defeated your enemies. He gives you your inheritance. Oh, we're going to talk more about what that inheritance means. For it's more than just something that we get, but it's the same as Israel. We're to be a light to the world, part of being in on God's work. Think about it. Life with Jesus today and for eternity all of our enemies defeated and joined save, serving the Savior. That's our inheritance. It's the definition of genuine living and lasting peace. And by the way, that, that term crossing over into the promised land, it has nothing to do with when we die and go to heaven. It has everything to do when we follow God in faith. The lesson is not necessarily that you need to find a leader like Joshua. You've already got a leader like Joshua. You've got a leader better than Joshua. His name is Jesus. Church, a challenge for us. Will we go with Jesus, be a part of the kingdom work, to be a light to the community and the voice to the nations? If we're going to go on this journey with Joshua, with our Lord, now is the time to get ready and make preparations. But you as a believer in the Lord Jesus, it's time to stop living in the wilderness, wandering around with no direction 
or putting your faith in self or in something else. Get ready to cross over. Prepared to cross over is indicated by trust and obedience. Two kinds of Christians that will be ready to move cross over. One of those are those who love God and love people and have a heart for God. That's one. Love God, love people, have a heart for God. The other kinds will be kind of tired of living in the spiritual wilderness. Tired of living in the way that does not please the Lord but wants to experience more. And that more is available because of what Christ has done for us. One more thing here. Three days be ready to cross over. I don't know that those three days necessarily point to the three days that Jesus was in the tomb, but we're reminded of it as we prepare for Easter Sunday. Three days Jesus was in the tomb. Friday rose again on that third day. So that we don't have to wait three days. We don't have to wait till April the 9th. We don't have to wait three weeks, three years, three minutes. Right now. Well, Jesus has done everything necessary to prepare us so that we might be ready to follow him right now. We can make that commitment. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to know that he has a game plan for your life. And when you repent of sin, you put your faith in him and ask Christ to be your Savior and Lord, you can follow along that plan. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this Lord's Day, this opportunity that we have spent in worship and in your word. We pray, Father, that even now that you are using that to touch our hearts. We pray, Father, even to alive in our spirits so that we might be ready to follow you in the direction that you'd have us to go. We thank you, Father, that you have called us not only out of sin and not only away from hell, not only that we might be able to go to heaven, though that would be far enough, but you've called us to live with you today. Regardless of what's happening today, that we know that you can use it to help to make us more like you. And even in the midst of the most dire circumstances, we can be a light for you to show to the world. We pray, Father, if there's somebody here today or someone listening online today that does not know you, Savior and Lord, that today might be the day of their salvation. May it be clear that they can call upon you asking for repentance of sin and asking Christ to come in. Thank you for the gift that you've given us to call us to walk with you. We lift these prayers up in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.